greatest revival began on that day in the upper room. Scripture talks about how they were all with one accord. They were there to pray. They were there to seek God. They were there to receive what Jesus had told them would happen when he left. If you remember, we've talked about it multiple times. When Jesus was getting ready to leave, he said, "Greater," or he said, it's good for you that I leave. Because after I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send the Comforter. I will send him who will be with you continually. And so this morning, as it, we, we realize and recognize that it's that power that has changed the world. It is that power that took a group of disorganized people and turned them into a mighty force for the kingdom of God. Turned them into an army, literally, that even back in the Bible, they said they, these people that have turned the world upside down are now here. Praise the Lord. We need to be that army, amen? We need to be the army that is ready to turn the world around us upside down for Jesus. Not just turn them upside down and aggravate them. Turn them upside down for Jesus. And to do that, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and, and to form us into who He wants us to be and to send us to the world that is lost and dying and so desperately needs to hear. Amen. This morning I'm actually going to be talking about uh, graduation celebration. And uh, if you got your Bibles this morning, see how, how pretty they all are. You know? This is God's Word for me today. We're going to start in Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78 verses 70 through 72 is where we're going to start. We've all got today, we've all got some point to which we're moving forward. Maybe it's just from moving forward from the weekend, I don't know. But as we celebrate with our graduates and we, we, we look and one of the, uh, one of the uh, guys who spoke at one of my daughter's graduations talked about, sometimes it's called graduation, sometimes it's called commencement. It's actually... It's actually the ending point of one thing, but it's the launching point for something else. It's the graduating from, and it's the commencing to point in our lives. And I think we've all had to recognize that at some point in our life, we've had that graduating from and commencing to, and it's not always having to do with school. But it could be a change in jobs. We graduated from this job, and we're commencing to this job. It's, 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 it's all kinds of things in life that we face Psalm chapter 78, verses 70 through 72. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and it's in your word that we find strength and hope and help. It's in your word, Lord, that we can turn to and, and, and we can find your heart because it's your word. So, God, I pray that you would help us this morning to understand and to hear and to, and to, and to live out your in our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in, in thinking about 
that graduation slash commencing that goes on in our lives on a daily basis. We don't always see it and they're not always big things. But there are constant things. Some things that will help us as we look forward into what God has planned for our lives. You see, unless we're willing to follow God's plan for our life, we're never really going to be what God wants us to be. If we usurp God's plan with our plan, uh, oh, maybe things will be okay for a while, and maybe we won't even notice, but we will never fully be what God has for us. And one of the things that comes to mind is remembering where you came from. Now, when we talk about that, it's not remembering where you came from so you can constantly feel like a failure. But sometimes we need to be grounded in, in what God has brought us from. There was an old song uh, we used to sing, Roll Back the Curtain of Memory Now and Then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember I'm human and humans forget, so remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. Not remind me so I can, again, live in that or remind me so I can feel guilty about that, but remind me so as I look forward, I can know that God has a plan, a better plan and a better purpose for me than I had for myself. You see, when we first hear about David, he is just simply a shepherd boy. He lives with the sheep. He tends to the sheep. He's not living in a fancy house. He doesn't have the most prestigious job. He's just simply doing what he should be doing. He's just simply living his life the way he was supposed to be. His father had sheep. He was the youngest son. He's a shepherd boy. And throughout the course of his shepherding, we don't see David calling out his dad or calling out his brothers and, and saying how, you know, why, why should I be the shepherd? He was simply happy to be doing what his dad has asked him to do. And so we find David in, in this position in life as a shepherd, and yet he was the future king. You see, David's own father didn't see it in him, did he? I'm not stepping on anything this morning yet. Okay, I'll get past this in a minute. Okay. You see, when, 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 when the prophet came and, and wanted to anoint the next king, Jesse's like, oh, look at this dude here. He's my best. And no, that's not what he wanted. You see, so what I want you to think about is, is not look at your current state as what your future holds. Not looking at where you're at right now is determining where you're going to be when God's done with you. Because I, I firmly believe that if we, will, if we will just simply look at where we're at and maybe where we've come from and realize God has a big plan for me and as long as I keep following after Him, He's going to bring me into it. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe you're not even on the brink and maybe nobody else can see it for you. But God can. And God wants to plant that in you, that He has got bigger things for you than what you could even imagine. Megan, as you graduate, you, I'm sure you have plans and dreams. God's plans and dreams are even bigger as we be, begin to live them out in our life. So no matter whether you're, you're in, a, in an official graduation time, 
Or as you just simply look at your life and you realize, hey, I'm moving from one thing to another. Realize that as you're doing that, God has way bigger things for you than what you can imagine. But are you willing to step into that? Or are, you, are you content with doing the same thing you've done, expecting different results? Well, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it this way. I'm going to keep doing it, following my own plan and my own path. I guess it'll, that's just the way it's going to be. Not realizing God has big things in store for you. 1 Samuel 16, 11, and 12 talks about the story I just said. and The prophet says, go get him. Go get him. He's the one. I want you to know this morning that God is speaking right now to you. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. But it can't be me, God. I can't be the one. I don't fit the mold. I don't fit the criteria. I don't have this and I don't have that. But God is simply saying by the Holy Spirit this morning, you're the one. Because no one else can do the thing I've chosen you to do. No one else can live out the plan that I have chosen for you. But the thing about it is, is you have to say yes to Him. And you see, that's where we find the problem. It's not always that we don't hear it and we don't recognize it. We just simply refuse to say yes. For a whole list of reasons. We can blame somebody else. We can say, well, had they not been so mean, or had they not did this, or had they not done that, I would be this, or I would be that. That boss hadn't have been this, or if my coworker hadn't have done this, or or if if the neighbor hadn't have let you know this happen, or if they, I'd be just no, it's you. See, we got to take ownership of that part of it. God will never force us to say yes. He may lay it out there time and time and time again, but He will never force us to say yes to be what He wants us to be. It's up to us. So as you think back to maybe where you came from, I, I always, and I've talked about this so many times, I always like to go back, to, even though I never lived there, I always like to go back to where my dad was a kid. There's just something about going there. Down to Arkansas, down the hills, down to the creeks. There's always something about going back there, even, that's not, even though that was never where I lived, even though my dad was fairly young when he moved out, there was still something about the excitement in dad when he went back there was something. And even for me today, there's just something about fun to go back there. And in our life, as we live our lives, we can recognize where we were at one point, but that's not where we are today. And it's not where we are today, and that's not where God wants us to be tomorrow. You see, He's got such big plans for us. You see, God's not wanting you to dwell on your past or feel guilty about your past He's just wanting sometimes to use our past as a stepping stone to what He has for us in the future. As we, as we realize that once we submitted to Him, that we're not there anymore. Old George Yance used to sing a song. And it's just all about, I don't live there anymore. I don't go there anymore. That's what used to be, but praise God, that's not me today. And not only is it not me today, but the, today's me shouldn't be me tomorrow. 
but because he's got a continually bigger plan. He's got a growing plan. It's just like you expect your children to grow and mature. I love, I love to take my grandkids fishing. We took grandkids fishing last night, and so we got three little ones there, you know, and Christine was just having a great time. She caught the biggest fish, so she should have had the great... But see, here I am, and then there, there's Eric, and then Zach's over there fishing by himself. Why? Because he's matured from the place where you actually catch the fish for him and give him the fishing rod. <laughs> Look at the fish you caught. Unsnagging their line and, until they get to a place where now he's fishing on his own most of, for the most part. and There's a maturity that's taking place. It was fun with Christine. We had a blast. It was great. But it's, as you see the maturing process, you realize he's there, Zach's where he's at today, but someday he'll be, you know, even further. And so we can, just like Jesus took the simple things in life and he, and he taught a lesson, we can take the simple things in life and realize that as we grow and mature, then we expect more, don't we? We expect more out of ourselves and we expect more out of others. As, as a pastor, I expect more out of my congregation. As you grow and mature, I expect you to grow and mature. And you probably, for me as a pastor, expect me to get better. Well, maybe you're disappointed this morning. But, you know, you expect we expect things out as we grow and mature. And guess what? So does God. If you're living on the same salvation you got 20 years ago, God wants you to know you need to move. You need to get something a little more. You need to grow in Him. You need to let His Holy Spirit take those things out of your life that are dragging you down. You need to begin to let Him be God in your life completely. And you're going to grow and you're going to mature. And you're, and you're going to find out the things that He has for you are so much better than you ever imagined. He wants to build your character. Think about this scripture. With upright heart, He shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. The first part of that scripture, with upright heart he shepherded them. King James Version says, integrity he led them. You see, what we see about the scripture here is not how strong David was, or not how smart he was, but that he had integrity. He was upright. What he did, he did for the right reasons and the right motives. You know, sometimes, sometimes we don't see in those that they're doing, we, we just simply see what they did. Just like your kids, when you, when you discipline them, they only see the discipline. They don't see the motive behind the discipline is to make you better. We do the same with our our bosses or even a co-worker that's got more seniority than us that's teaching us. We don't always see what they say and they do as helpful at the moment. But realizing when they're trying to teach you something, sometimes they have to tell you, you what you did wasn't the right way to do it. So we, we see character is more important than anything else in this Scripture. Character is what matters most to God. We can make all kinds of mistakes, and we're going to, but God looks at the heart. See, the Bible tells us man looks at the outward appearance. Man counts your mistakes. But God says, wait a minute. Yeah, maybe what they did wasn't right, but their heart was right. And we can work with that. 
we can deal with that. You see, if you're a person with integrity, you will be the same on the inside and the outside. Does character really matter? Has, has any, anybody ever worked with somebody that had no integrity at all? Does it matter? Yes, it does. Character does not just happen. Integrity does not just happen. It's just not human nature, is it? Integrity, character, those things on the inside are something that takes a building process. It takes us saying yes to God and no to the enemy constantly. It takes us saying no to the flesh because the flesh does not want us to live with integrity. The flesh would say it's easier to do it this way. It's easier to lie, cheat, steal than it is to be honest. Integrity is what matters to God. You see, integrity is a building block whereby our lives will be built. Think about a house, and when, people, when somebody builds a house, what do they do? They dig a big foundation, don't they? And they pour the concrete deep down, and they start building on that. You know, there's the, the story in the Bible that Jesus uses about the wise builder and the foolish builder and how the wise builder builds his house on the rock. And the winds come and the storms come and beat on the house, and the, the wise man's sitting in there saying, Wow, it's kind of stormy out there today. And I say, well, I wonder if I'm going to get called out. <laughs> but the foolish builder builds his house on the sand, and, and he probably saves some time and some money. But when the rains came and the winds blew, the house fell. That dude's looking for a boat. See, the integrity is where we're going to build our lives, and we're going to stand and fall based on whether or not we've built our lives on the right things. And you know, the world may not even see it. Do you see the foundations of people's houses all the time? But it doesn't matter if anybody sees it. It matters whether or not God sees it. You know, something that the Lord has really been dealing with me about a lot lately, and I, I'm sure I shared it Wednesday night, I might even have shared it last Sunday, is, is the truth is the truth, no matter if anybody believes it. Have you ever told somebody something that was the truth, and they didn't believe it? And you're trying to tell them, no, this is the truth. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, come on. Uh, that, that God doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Come on. You can tell them whatever you want on fish. Fish stories are fish stories. But you're telling them the truth, and you know it's the truth, and, and they're not believing you. Does it make it any less the truth? It's still the truth, isn't it? You see, that happens to us constantly with the Word of God. You see, this is the truth. A lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people will fight you on that. And it's hard. It is. But it doesn't change the truth. Somebody's belief or disbelief of the truth does not change it. And even more so when we're talking about the truth of the Word of God. Because if you're speaking the truth of the Word of God, it doesn't matter if anybody believes it or not, it's still the truth. 
And all you can do, you're going to answer to God, right? Not to man. So we can, we can, we can try to change it to make it sound better or more pretty or more appealing, but we've taken what was once truth and then we've made it not truth. Well, it's not a lie, it's just not, no, it's, it's either the truth or it's not the truth. And that will stand on its own. Arguments aside, the truth will stand on its own. So we need to build on the truth. We need to build our character on Jesus. We have to be diligent and vigilant in our life as we walk through this life, as we make decisions, as we listen to God, as we follow His plan, as we just live life in our day-to-day life. We have to be diligent and vigilant that we ask God to go with us and to lead us and to help us to, to make proper decisions and to do what we know is right. Last thing we're going to talk about this morning as we think about moving, as we think about graduation commencement, we think about ending something and beginning something else. Whenever you go into something new, you have to begin to perfect your skills. Those, Megan and those who are graduating, moving on, they're, they're going to be developing and stepping into a whole new set of things that they have to develop their skills into. But guess what? You and I do the same thing on a daily basis. Maybe it's a job change. Maybe it's just a new challenge that is coming your way. And, and you can't always rely on the old skills. That, and some of those are important. Some of those are building blocks. But many times, you know, we have to begin to perfect and learn new skills. Many times this happens in the workplace as they cut workforce. So now this guy who specialized in this thing, we were just talking about this at work the other day, thinking, well, you know, if we ever bought the gas company, would they require us to be combo mechanics? I says, they won't me, brother. <laughs> they won't me. But it's, it's, it's a being ready and willing to say, oh, God, you want me to train in this area. Well, I'm pretty proficient over here, God. Why don't you just leave me here and leave me alone? God says, wait a minute. Are we working on your plan or my plan? You know, they say, uh, do you want a job or do you not want a job? <laughs> so we begin to develop and, and, and work on new skills. We begin to uh, sharpen our lives and we begin to do things new and, and train. We need to be, begin to perfect skills, new skills. I think about, you think about uh, a heart surgeon, you know, awesome. They do this awesome work. They, you know, you, you go to these doctors and they, they say, well, he's done this a thousand times. You can be confident. Well, who was number one? Come on now. When you walk, what if you walk into the doctor's office and say, well, he's never done this before, but man, is he sure excited to see you, Lamont. <laughs> Woo! He's going to get started on you right away. And boy, you go in there thinking, yes, I got a new guy. He's young and he's energetic and he had never been sued yet. But, <laughs> you know, there's always a first. Do you think that doctor wasn't nervous on his first heart surgery? You think he should have just said, well, you know, I'm too nervous for this. I'm just going to give up. I've trained. I've, you know, I got several hundred thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> But this is just too difficult. 
But aren't you glad that he said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. Trained for it. I'm going to just keep getting better and better and better as I just keep doing it. The same is true in our everyday lives. You see, we, we think sometimes that we're, our lives are so menial and they're so, you know, unimportant. That's what the devil wants you to think. Every breath you breathe is important. Because God has a plan. If he, if he counts the hairs on your head, you don't think He knows every breath you take? You don't think you're important to Him? Every day, every moment, you're, you're constantly perfecting your skills towards what God has called for you to do. Whether, no matter what that vocation is, God is challenging you to, to get better, to be more skillful, just like He is in your, in your spiritual life. He's challenging you to get more skillful with the tools of the trade, with the Word of God, with, with your prayer life, with, with your, your spiritual life as a whole, your sensitivity to His Holy Spirit. He's challenging you to perfect your skills. And, and, and as you move through life, you're going to find out why. <laughs> why you needed to know that thing. Why you needed to read that scripture last week. Why you needed to pray that prayer last week. Because, ooh, this is the reason. Whether it be something in your life or something in someone else's life that he's calling you to help, as you perfect those skills, you're going to find out there's a use for them. God isn't going to waste your time and your talents. He wants to use them for His kingdom and for His glory. See, David didn't know how to lead people. He knew how to lead sheep. But as he submitted himself to God, he learned how to lead people. Colossians chapter 13. No, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. You see, we sometimes get all wrapped up in this or that, or why we're working for this group and we're working for that group, and then all the Lord wants us to realize ultimately you're working for Him. Both in your secular life and in your spiritual life, He is the one we answer to. You see, so maybe there will be a time when you have to be less than where you want to be, but God is using those as times of pruning you, times of growing you, times of helping you to become what He wants you to be. But you've got to be willing to submit to the process. You've got to be willing to submit to the people around you. You've got to be willing to submit to the Holy Spirit. I wish I could tell you, and, and, and Megan, I wish I could say to you, well, Megan, now that you've graduated college, everything's going to be smooth from here on out. You are never going to have to worry about anything because you're a college graduate. Yeah! But what I'm going to tell you is the truth. You're going to have some rough days. Yeah. Shh, come on, Bob. No, let's not, let's not discourage her yet. The work begins. Sometimes we think we've had it hard to this point. But the same is true in our spiritual lives. I wish I could say, oh, you get saved and you start following the Lord, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and you're just listening to God and, and you're stepping out in faith 
and you're, you're saying the things he asks you to say, and you're doing the things he asks you to do. So, so the whole world is just going, oh, man, you're awesome. No, it don't happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that easy. So what do you do? Give up? Or do you say, you know what? God has placed me here with a calling on my life. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. Sometimes we driving down the road. Uh, not the song you're thinking of. Driving down the road, you hit a curve that you didn't really expect to see. And there it is. You've got to be under control. Sometimes life leads us with curves, and the only way we can be under control is if we have put our lives in His hands. Because He saw the curve coming. We didn't. He's already been preparing us, even though we didn't know it. But are you listening to him? Am I listening to him? Am I ready and willing to say, Lord, you knew this was coming, so you know how to get me through it. You know how to get me to where I need to go. Joshua 3, 14-16, So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now, not before, but as soon as. Now, the Jordan overflows at its banks throughout this time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away in Adam, the city that is beside Zarephath then. And those flowing downward toward the Sea of Arabath, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. See, we got to sometimes, sometimes God just shows us and he opens a path and it's great and it's awesome. And sometimes he says, it ain't open until you stick your toe in it. You're going to have to test that water before it gives you the go ahead to go. It takes faith. It takes faith. I'm going to skip to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The Scripture is teaching us that God knows what we need, and God will supply that need, if we seek Him first. You see, most people would like to quote that Scripture. Most people in the world would like to quote that Scripture as God will, God will just supply all your needs. God will do everything you have need of. Just, God will just do it all. But what the Scripture says, the truth says, seek first the kingdom of God. So, is God not holding up to His end of the bargain? Or is Terry not holding up to his end of the bargain? I can guarantee you, when it comes down to it, when we begin to look throughout our lives, we can see that when it didn't work right, it wasn't God's fault. It was ours. Because we let ourselves get in the way of what God wants to do. 
We don't seek Him the way He wants us to. We don't seek Him. We don't put our heart in. And, and when we seek Him, that means that when we seek Him and He speaks to us, huh, we obey. So when we seek Him and we find His will and we follow that will, He will make sure our needs are met. Still doesn't mean we're not going to have situations. Still doesn't mean we're not going to have trouble. Still doesn't mean we're not going to fall. But when we totally turn to Him and seek Him, He will make a way where there seems to be no way. So this morning, as you think about graduating, as you think about commencing, whether it be from an actual school or just in life in general, realize that God has a plan and a purpose. It doesn't matter where you came from. It matters who the Lord of your life is. Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, as we close today, I... I know that your Holy Spirit has already spoken to us about the things in our life that we need to let go of. The chains that need to be broken. And now, Lord God, throughout, through this message, we see that as we move forward, that you will go with us if we will just completely trust in you. And so, Lord, I, I just ask that you would help us to go from where we are, even today, down that path that you have for us. And that we will trust you every step of the way. That we will seek you first. Seek your kingdom and your righteousness so that we may be able to walk in the path you have set for us. And God, if there's one here this morning that hasn't submitted to you their life, hasn't asked you to forgive them of their sins, God, I, I ask that today would be the day when they say yes to you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed as we close this service, would there be one this morning that would say, Pastor, I, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Would there be one that would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm the one. I want it so much today, and I'm going to yield to that. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it for Jesus today. Would that be you? Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Love the privilege to pray the sinner's prayer with you, to lead you to the Lord. Would there be one today that would say, Pastor, that's me. Lord God, as we go from this place, in our busy lives and in all the complexities that lie ahead tomorrow, I just ask, Lord, that you would help us to follow after you. God, if there's one in here today who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that you would open their hearts to you this week. Lord, that they would submit to you and give their life to you. And we would hear the testimony of your saving grace. And Lord, for those of us as we leave this place today, as we leave, may we step out into the plan and the purpose you have for our lives as we graduate from one moment and we commence into the next. God, may you help us to go fully under the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.